Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Well, praise God. We do serve a a real and living God. And I remember, um, I remember when I was just quite young, very, uh, I I was in my early 20s and I got to do a a ministry trip uh, as in part of a team uh, to Fiji, and we were speaking. I got, we had an opportunity to share the gospel at a Hindu school, uh, which was cool. That the vice principal happened to be a Christian, and she heard um, me share my testimony at church. And she said, she set it up. She went to her principal, Hindu principal, and said, "Look, Easter's coming." And I think it would be educationally very good for the students to understand what Christians believe about Easter. And the Hindu religion um, encompasses lots of gods. So they said, sure, that would be interesting for the students. So they gathered, gathered the entire high school and all the staff and gave us three hours to explain the message of Easter. And that the, but the, prin- the vice principal specifically said to me, she said, I really want you to share your testimony though. And, and I have a testimony of having come out of childhood sexual abuse and abandonment and rejection and how the Lord has set me free and healed me and delivered me. And she said, I really need you to share that testimony because many of the young girls have been committing suicide because they've been interfered with and, and it's just been a real problem, but it would be really powerful if you could share your testimony. So I, I got to share my testimony and I was talking about how the Lord had shown me a vision as one day as I'd come to him um, seeking his help, just seeking his help to set me free from fears. I didn't even realize that the fears were just the tip of a big iceberg of all the trauma that I'd been through as a child. But because I asked him to set me free from my fears, the Lord, the Lord so deeply touched me and set me free from everything. And, and uh, for those of you who've heard my testimony, I'm not going to share it tonight, but um, you know, I was talking about how the Lord showed me a vision. He showed me a picture of myself with my head on his lap, and he was stroking my hair like this. And then I saw a picture of myself with this really ugly face because I believed I was just ugly and unworthy. And, and I saw this mask just peel off and float away. And then I saw this woman walking in heavens and she was clothed in these beautiful, dignified robes. And as I'm looking at this picture, I heard the Lord say, that's you. And I fell on the floor. <laughs> I just was overwhelmed by God's love. And, and, the, and, and the Lord continued and still continues throughout my life to love on me, to speak to me, to encourage me. Anyway, afterwards, we gave an altar call for salvation and asking who would like to receive Jesus as the only way to salvation, as the only true and living God, the one who takes away the sin of the world, the one who will forgive you and give you a new heart and eternal life, who would like to give their life to Christ? Well, 97% of the school, including the teachers, gave their hearts to Jesus. It was actually so amazing. And the, the principal, he asked if the, if the local pastors who we'd brought with us could bring in materials to help the people, um, to help them under. And it was just an astonishing, astonishing thing. But as I was talking to some of the teachers afterwards and some of the students, 
And they sent letters for months afterwards. And the biggest comment they had was, you have a God that speaks back to you. And it, it just struck home that we have a God who speaks back to us. It's something that we take for granted. And yet it is the, it's the reality. It is why we have the joy that we have because we are not worshipping somebody who is an idol or a distant God that doesn't speak back, but we have a Father. He's not, he's not some religious idol. He is a Father who loves us, who invites us into family. He is the Spirit of God, is with us, the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of the Son, walking with us, talking with us, saying He'll never leave us, He'll never forsake us. Uh, he, he's come to counsel us, to comfort us, to teach us. And that he'll speak to us through his word, that he'll be with us every day. He says, lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And this joy of knowing God who speaks back to us is something that I think we should never take for granted. You know, um, as I have um, journeyed with the Lord and talked with people, people, they... they They'd say to me regularly, I want to know God like you do. But the beautiful truth is, is that you can be as close to him as you want to be. Because if you will put your faith in the truth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came, when they sang the songs, I love walking around at Christmas time and hearing the the. Christmas carols, because I just think the gospel's being preached in the, in the shopping centers through the Christmas carols. I love it. Or you see signs around that say, joy to the world. And we can get a little cliche about it. But when the announcement about Jesus' birth came, they said, fear not, joy to the world and peace to his people on earth. Why? Because the Saviour was born, the one that would reconcile people back to the Father. He had come to bring us back into fellowship with Him. Hallelujah. And, and you know, the Bible tells us that sin separates us from God. That light, God is light and light can have no fellowship with darkness. And so, throughout history, no one has been able to deal with the problem of sin because the wages of sin is death and nobody can shovel the sin out of their life. Nobody can get rid of their sin except the one who came to earth, lived as a man and, and was without sin, who came and paid the penalty for the sins of the whole world. Hallelujah. And now invites us to receive him as saviour. And the good news is now the joy to the world and peace to his people on earth message is that those who would humble themselves and receive what they can have no part in earning, those that would believe that Jesus Christ has come to reconcile us back to the Father, who would receive him, who, who, who takes away our crookedness and our sin, 
then as we receive Him as our Lord and our Saviour, we, we are brought into fellowship with Him. When I was at school, we'd say the grace. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. Amen. Um, that's, you know, we knew it by rote. Anybody else go to a Christian school? We'd say, now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship. I went to an Anglican girls' school. But then one day when I was a little bit older, I was listening to the audio Bible one day in the car and, and this verse just struck, stuck out to me that, that is a, a, a benediction that Paul writes at, at um, the end of numerous of his epistles and he says, Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And I suddenly began to think about it. I've, I've said this verse all my life and then suddenly I realised the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I'm actually invited into fellowship. Fellowship is conversation. And, you know, I would pray and I, I loved God and I'd talk to the Father in the name of the Son because I understood that, but I never really understood this invitation into fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I understood the Holy Spirit to be the power of God that enabled me to speak with new tongues. It gave me boldness and He was like the electricity, like the power. And He is the power of God, but He is the Spirit of the Father, the, the very essence, the personality, the person of the Father with us. The person of the Holy Spirit, the person of Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus is in the person of the Holy Spirit. And He comes to reveal to us what the Father is like, what the Son is like. And, and it's not three different gods, but God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all one. But we get to walk and talk with His Spirit, which means we are allowed to have interaction with Him. And so I began to ask questions and began to ask Him for help about things that I didn't understand. And I developed what um, now for me is a constant daily joy to be able to, to walk with him and talk with him and to hear his voice. You know, the Bible says to pray, our Father who is in heaven, as in Jesus saying to me and to you. He said this to the disciples that were watching his interaction with the Father. And they said, we want to know how to do that. Teach us how. And so he said, well, when you pray, pray, pray in this pattern, our Father as in my father that you see me interacting with, is your father too. So every time you say our father, you can remember that you're talking to him on the same, in the same um, level of relationship that you see me having as a man on the earth with the father, you are now invited into. That's just, I still can never get over that. Jesus says to you, when you pray, you can pray 
to my Father the way that I pray, say it like this, say our Father, my Father and Jesus' Father. Hallowed be your name. And I begin to worship him. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And the revelation that God every day has something for me. Something, not only will he provide all my needs according to his riches in glory, but he has, he has daily bread for me. Just like he provided for the Israelites in the wilderness. Manna, fresh manna every day. Every day. God has for me something fresh so that I can respond to Him in a fresh way in worship so that my worship never becomes stale, that it's dynamic and real and, uh, and He gives me something to respond to because the Father's looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. That is the Spirit of God revealing a fresh truth about who He is. So our hearts respond, oh, you're awesome, God, I love you. Fresh worship. So knowing that, I can have faith that, Lord, you want me to ask every day for, for daily bread. So today, what's, what's my word for the day? What, what's the daily bread for me today? What, 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 what are you going to say to me today? And you know, I read the Bible and I look and I have my routine in the morning and then in the nighttime before I go to sleep, I read something and, and I love it. I'll underline it and I'll write, write a little bit in my journal. And, and often he'll speak to me through the written word of God, I'll, I'll hear it. Oh, yes, it is. And some, but sometimes, you know, I've, been, I've turned the light off and I'm still asking, what's the word for me, Lord, today? Or I'm waking up as I'm waking up in the morning. What's the, what's the daily bread for me today? And the Holy Spirit will bring to my remembrance a scripture. And he'll speak it to my heart. And oh, it's mine. He's spoken it to me. Ah, things like, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Yeah, yesterday, he was speaking to me saying, I will never leave you or forsake you. And we know that, you know, it's a memory verse. Most people know that. But when he, when he reminds you himself personally, it's an invitation into a deeper level of intimacy, into a deeper level of relationship and I heard those words yesterday or last night as I was going to sleep, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And I just began thinking about what does forsake mean? That means to leave you off on your own, to deal with your problems by yourself. I will never leave you in that position. I'm here always with you. I will always protect you. I will always be here to help you through every situation. I am your ever-present help ever-present, always with you. These simple truths, we can say, yeah, yeah, I know them. But the, the danger is that, that we can actually deceive ourselves by being hearers only and not activating and, and um, responding to truth in a way that we become doers of the Word. We can, we can fill up on knowledge about God, but if we're not actually taking it and then applying it, thinking about it, praying it, worshiping it, we can actually be despising prophecy. 
in that we're hearing it, we're going, yeah, that was great, that's awesome, that's lovely, that's, wow. I mean, I'm reading through Isaiah at the moment and there's so much good stuff in here. It's just rich and delicious. But I can read it and I can sing it. I can go, yeah, every valley shall be exalted. And um, I was singing that, I was went to sleep last night and Tom was like, what does that mean? I was like, that's a good question. Let's, let's look a little bit further at that. Because we can, we can have all this stuff in our memories. We can know this stuff. But God's inviting us to look with fresh eyes and begin to appreciate the reality of what He has done. I believe there is a Holy Ghost awakening that is reviving the hearts of people and taking them beyond the familiar into the unknown, into the glory of, oh God, oh God. A little like the book of Job where they're all talking and they all sound so sensible and they all sound so clever and wow, that was interesting and wow, that's clever. And then God speaks. And you realise, I know nothing. I believe that we are about to enter that moment of God speaking and God realigning our and challenging our hearts. I believe it's an opportunity to humble ourselves and begin to say, God, <laughs> you know. When he spoke to the prophet and said, can these bones live? His response was, Lord, you alone know. But he is looking for us to begin, I believe, to, to jump in to the river of His grace that will lead us into a place of fresh revelation of who He is so that we can begin to walk in, fresh relation, in a fresh level of relationship that is pure and holy, childlike and yet profoundly rich as we begin to know Him. A lot of people say, well, you know, I want to know God. But they, their attitude is a little bit, reminds me a little bit of when I go to type something into Google. I mean, I, I love the internet. This is so, I mean, I know there's a lot of terrible things about it, but there's a lot of really helpful things. Like, I, in, I am old enough to remember the days of the Bible concordances that you'd have to go and get off the shelf when you wanted to look up something. Anybody else remember that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. They are absolutely redundant now because I can just go to Google and type in two words from the verse I'm trying to remember and two words, Bible, and it's like, bang, there it is. So fast. But if I type in the search and then I walk away and I don't look at what comes up, then it, it's been a waste of time. A lot of time people say, speak to me, Lord, and then they then they walk away and they, they don't, or they, and they're expecting God to somehow come and tap them on the shoulder and interrupt them with an angelic song, here I am. <laughs> when in fact, if they had just asked with an expectation to be answered, they would hear. 
Bible says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. But if you knock and run, you'll miss the open door. If you say, I'm seeking you, Lord, and then you just go and turn on Netflix, you might not hear his voice. But if you'll look and you'll ask with an expectation to see and to hear, the Lord promises to speak. If you say, Holy Spirit, help me, He will come running towards you to help. If you say, Jesus, I need you to make yourself real to me, He will come. He will help you if you look with an expectation to see. And that means... You might want to open up your Bible and begin to say, Holy Spirit, help me. And I read until I hear His voice speak to me personally. Show me, help me. I'll keep reading until something jumps out and resonates with my heart. And I go, yes, that's what I needed to hear today. I believe God wants us to be those that would seek with an expectation to find I believe that God is wanting to stir us afresh to move beyond what we have settled for. Because as we embrace this fresh, childlike faith, it's like, I'm going to ask and I'm going to hear. I'm going to look and I'm going to find. As you start stepping into a relationship that looks like that, God will release the faith of Jesus into your heart to begin to see the works of Jesus because you are no longer bound up in your own self-righteousness and pride that, that, that's trying to figure it out, but simply humbling yourselves to say, hooray. I read this last night in Isaiah, Isaiah 43. Verse 25, I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. I've wiped them out, and I won't remember them for my own sake. What do you, what do you mean, God, for your own sake? It's because his heart to be in relationship with you his desire for you to be free, to be in relationship with Him, to be unashamed, unafraid, not living with the hangover of guilt anymore, but actually receiving the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, which blots out, takes away your sins so that He'll never even remember it anymore. It, it, as we come to believe that He it was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, that is our crookedness. He's actually come and taken away my sin and everything about me that was crooked to give me a new heart when I receive Him as Saviour. When I am born again, I become a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. <gasps> Behold! And He says, now when He looks at those who have put their faith in the Saviour, he looks at you and he doesn't even remember your sin. He will never bring it up again. He will never recall it. There isn't a day coming where you're going to have to pay for that because Jesus already did. That's why the Bible says that we have boldness on the day of judgment. 
Why? Because we've done really well? No, because we've put our faith in the only one who did and he has given us freedom from our sin. I can confidently be there on the day of judgment knowing that, thank God, he will never remember my sin again. That he took it away as far as the east is from the west. He has separated it from me. He has given me his righteousness, power to live differently. And from this day on, he is my saviour who has taken away my sin and will not count it against me. I'm saved. This is really happy news. It's actually more exciting than I think you realise. Can you imagine yourself on the day of judgment? When the books are opened? Can you have confidence to say, I, I, I won't have to be afraid. I don't have to, I can have boldness on that day because he has taken away my sin. Though they be as scarlet, he makes them white as snow. This is joy to the world. This is the good news. I want to get some bright, shiny lights on my house that doesn't say Merry Christmas, but says, Jesus saves. Jesus takes away your sin. Put your faith in Jesus. I mean, I'm like, why don't they have bright, shiny lights that say that? We need to go to the Christmas market and find a big, shiny light that says that. Because that's the good news of the gospel. Hallelujah. That Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Hallelujah. He says that he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. For his own sake, he wipes out our transgressions and he doesn't remember our sins. Just astonishing, our magnificent Jesus, the, the one who is the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. When you come into relationship with him, when you're walking with him, talking with him, then suddenly as you read, the Holy Spirit himself will help you understand the Word of God through the, through the revelation that from the beginning to the end is the story of redemption how we couldn't do it, the, the penalty of sin, the wages of sin is judgment and death. So we, we needed a saviour to set us free and God himself came. Away in a manger, we sing these little songs and we forget that the angels are there going, this is astonishing. Look what he's done. Look what he's done. Who could ever have even imagined God himself would humble himself and come down to those sinful people's level. Walk among them, be the friend of sinners. Then let himself be mutilated and crucified. Take on the sin of the whole world. Go to hell and rise, rise again so that 
those people who had rejected him could now be received by him, who could be filled with his perfect, precious spirit, could be made as holy as he is without having done anything to earn it. That they could be joined into the family of God to him who is perfectly holy and pure that they would have all of their sin, their guilt, their stain, their shame taken away. This is the good news of the gospel. And God's heart is, the Bible tells us that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was this joy? What was it that made him go? What was this joy that was his strength to allow himself to suffer. So it was the thought that you and he could have fellowship forever. I'm a parent. I have three kids. And I know how much I love my kids. Like, I love my kids. I love my kids so passionately. But my love for them, the Bible says, in comparison to the love that God has for you is like hate. Because his love for us is beyond human understanding. His love for us is so rich. He says, it's for my sake that I've taken away your sin. For my sake, I've taken away your sin because I want you. It's for my sake I've taken away and wiped away all your transgressions. For my sake, I've done away with the problem of sin for you. I have forgiven you. Now, I've done it for my sake so that you could come and have relationship with me. Joy to the world. I reckon. Wow, Jesus. I hope you never sing another carol again without being overwhelmed by the story of redemption. I pray the Holy Spirit would come with a fresh outpouring that would give us eye to begin to recognise the reality of Jesus and what he has done to know the love of the Father, the love of God that passes understanding. Because if we will allow our hearts to be open to receive the reality of His deep love for us that is beyond our, our comprehension, then He says, then He wants to come and fill you to overflowing with all His fullness. And He says, you are the light of the world. He is the light of the world. And then he says, you are the light of the world. Why? Because you are filled with him. And every day he wants to have you overflowing with his light and his fullness. How can you be light if light can have no fellowship with darkness? Well, he came and he took away your darkness when you received his mercy. When you said, Lord, I am a sinner, I need mercy, I need forgiveness, come into my life. He says, right, here I am. Give me that. Give me your filthy rags. Give me all your shame, all your guilt, 
all your frustration. Give me your life and I'm going to give you here my righteousness, my life. Now you are light and you are, you are joined to me and I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And even if your heart condemns you, 1 John 3, I'm greater than your heart. And I want you to trust me. You are going to walk as a righteous one who lives by faith in my goodness and in my love that's beyond your ability to comprehend. So pray for Holy Spirit's strength to help you walk in the reality of this ever amazing truth of the love of God. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. That's a picture of the cross that they do in the Anglican church. That is to remind us it's because of his great love. I have been crucified with him, buried with him, raised up with him. Ah, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's a good God. We sing it as a little song. He's a good, good father. You're a good, good father. But I, I'm excited for how good of the, of the revelation of, of his goodness and what it's going to do to your hearts in the coming days. As you open your heart again, humbling yourselves like little children to afresh remember and realize what the Lord has done. Tonight we're going to pray for some people as the Lord leads. We love to pray. Uh, I've been hearing some wonderful testimonies this week. This week I got reminded of from a lady in the UK in Bury, um, who I prayed for 12 years ago, and she she's been following all our, my my things on Facebook and on the television. And she was encouraging someone else today that had written in, or the other day had written in for healing. She said, 12 years ago." Catherine prayed for me and I got healed of MS. I was like, oh, that's cool. I had, I had forgotten, completely forgotten about that. You know, over and over again, I heard, I heard um, Jeff Barnes' testimony this, this morning again, uh, how he had, um, he'd had a big bowel tumour that had burst. I mean, and he was, he was dying and the Lord rescued him and healed him. I tell you, that same Jesus who walked the earth, that's the same Jesus that we worship. He's not limited in any way. He is a good, 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 good Father. Hallelujah. But before we do that, I want to ask you tonight, are you in, are you in relationship with the Lord? And a lot of people know about him, they know, and you might be watching online and, and you know about him or you even maybe believe in the existence of God. But the Bible tells us that even the devil believes in God. And that doesn't, he's certainly not going to have eternity and fellowship with, with the Father because he has rejected him. 
It takes more than just believing in God's existence. It's actually humbling ourselves and receiving by faith what we can have no part in earning. In saying, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I believe he's the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. That he was slain, that he died, he rose again. And he offers me now forgiveness. Like it says in the Word, that he offers to take away my sin to wipe it out completely and to give me a new heart. Nicodemus asked about this. He asked Jesus, what, what, what do we have to do to get saved? And Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus was like, how is that possible? I'm really big. Like how I couldn't possibly fit back in my mother's womb. How could I be born again? And Jesus said, it's, it's, it's by his spirit. And what he was saying is that as we receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord, he, as we exchange our sin for his mercy, not only does he forgive us, because the Bible says his blood is better than the blood of bulls and goats, which they sacrifice to cover sin. The Bible tells us that his blood is better. So he not only forgives us, he actually comes to live in us. He gives us his heart, he gives us his spirit, and he makes us a new creation. That's what being born again is. Receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior, believing that he's taken away our sin and given us a new heart, power to be different. If you're here tonight and you know in your heart you haven't responded to Jesus, you haven't said, yes, Lord, I want you to be my Savior, I want you to be my Lord, I'd love to pray for you tonight. If that's you and you say, yes, I want to respond to the mercy of Jesus. The Bible is all about response. It's an invitation waiting for our response. And if we'll say, yes, Lord, I want you. I want you to be my saviour. He says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. It's not a formula. It's an actual... I see it, I believe. Wow, you really do. You tell me you're gonna take away my sin. Well, I receive that. I, I believe it. And as you do that, the Bible says you will be saved. You can have boldness on the day of judgment and you can walk with him from this day forth in fellowship with the one who'll never leave you and never forsake you. If you're here tonight or you're watching online and you know in your heart you need to make that that deliberate choice to say, yes, God, I want tonight to be the night that I cross over from death to life, that tonight's the night I choose Jesus to set me free from all of my sin, to give me eternal life. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody can be saved without coming to this place where you make that choice. So tonight, if you're here and you know in your heart that you haven't made that choice to choose Jesus as your saviour. I want to give you the opportunity and I'd love to just pray for you. So if that's you, would you just raise your hand at me and I'm going to pray and the, and the Lord will see it. And it's you're making a declaration. Yes, Lord, tonight I want to receive Jesus as my saviour. Just, just wave at me if that's you. And you say, yes, I want to receive him as my saviour. Just let me see your hand if that's you. Or if you're watching online, just write and let me know because we want to pray for you this week. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when you make that deliberate choice where you say, yes, I want to receive him as my Lord. I want to receive him as my Savior. It's a, it's, 
It's actually, the Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. It's you saying, I want to, I want to become part of his family. It's a declaration that says, I'm, I no longer belong to this world. I belong to him. And now as I walk this world, I walk as one who is with him. And that's the beauty of that declaration that, yes, God, I'm going giving my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.